Good evening and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke. Well, I hope you had a lovely weekend and you are enjoying your um, week so far. Although apparently it's going to get a little bit bitterly cold, but sure, we just pretend that's not actually going to happen just yet while we tune in this evening. Tonight, we're going to be looking ahead to an event happening in Westmeath for International Women's Day. We're also going to be talking about, you know, spring cleaning because it is the time of year when we do tend to do these things. So how do we do it in a nice ethical way and not use loads and loads of chemicals? But first things first, we're checking in on an Offaly-based business and uh, Jennifer Doyle well, from Milby Studios joins us. Jennifer, you're welcome to the programme. Thanks, Ashley. Do you like to be here? So, Jennifer, for people who might not have heard of Milby Studios, what is it that you do? We make products in BZX. So, um, I suppose it started off initially with a product called BZX Wheeldrax. And what they are, um, they're a reusable alternative to tin film or tin foil. Um, so they're made with the fabric and it's infused with a blend of beeswax and a hobo oil and a resin, which makes it kind of pliable. But the idea is that they're reusable. So you wash them um, over and over again. You just have to remember to use cold water. And um, generally people get about a year's use out of them. So you would use them for things like um, your sandwiches. So some people would use them for um, the kids' lunches and cheese is already half cut bits of fruit like lemons things like that that you'd have um but it's great for um, keeping your food fresher as well for longer um so then as well as that i have other products um and they would be uh beeswax candles and they're made from just 100 percent beeswax and and they're kind of dirt candles and i also have a balm so um what actually happened with the balm was i had ingredients here around the time of covid um, and I was trying to think of what other products I could make with a similar ingredient. So I came out with a ban and um, it's multi-purpose as well. So you just have one jar and can use it for um, loads of things, your hands or dry patches or anything like that. And um, so since then, I've kind of brought, broadened the brand range and I things like um, napkins, tea towels, which are made from a blend of organic uh, cotton and hemp. And um, so it's kind of a lifestyle brand. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do. Where did this all come from in the first place? What was it that made you go, do you know what? I'm going to set up a business and I'm going to do it in an environmentally friendly way. Um, it kind of, I suppose, happened organically. Like initially back a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I had um, a blog called Rustic Notes. And it was just, it was a blog about lifestyle in general is kind of you know cooking and been foraging um kind of country living that sort of idea um but i love making products and my background is in design and i've always loved like i've done a little bit of crochet and anytime i can see something like i always think can i make that myself um so uh, that's kind of really it but ultimately like when it comes to sustainability um I, I feel that, especially when you're starting off with a small business, if you're going to start off, you might as well try and do it sustainably and ethically. And there are a lot of options out there like now um, in terms of like packaging, using recyclable, even recyclable labels, um, all your packaging and, you know, can be recyclable. I decided I was, I was just going to be plastic free completely. And um, even when it comes to like um, containers and use like jars, which can be recycled um, with uh, aluminium lids and 
um, it's the same with like I, I brought out the scented candle range um, recently and I have just a jar that can be recycled and um, a wooden lid which is nice from bamboo um, so yeah so and even things like you know your um, bubble wrap instead so I would have like um, a kind of an alternative which is, is it's paper based you know um, but it, it protects it quite well um, so anything I suppose I do in terms of packaging um, and even as I build out my business, I want to try and um, just go down that road and reuse, recycle. And even when it comes to energy, um, my plan is to hopefully um, have my my premises have solar panels and wind power. But look, that's down the line. It's just step by step. So the way I see it is um, with sustainability, I, I see it as um, kind of a journey. And sometimes people can find it very overwhelming. Um, and they don't know where to start. And um, so I would always say just one thing at a time. And like, if it's just maybe just cutting out, um, like say with the bees of extract, it's just cutting out cling film or reducing sometimes uh, or deciding to, to recycle. Um, so yeah, bit by bit. So then you have to buy in certain ingredients and materials in order to create your products. Yeah, and then have to go and make sure that what you're buying in is sustainable and ethical. And I, I'm just wondering, does that mean that you have extra hoops to jump through when you're checking out suppliers than say somebody who yeah. hasn't considered that? Yeah. So, like one of the challenges I find is that, like, essentially we're a small country and we're an island off an island. So Ireland doesn't produce all the materials, all the ingredients. It's just not, it's not there. Um, but like, uh, for example, when I was trying to source fabric, I mean, honestly, it took me about, about maybe a year and a half to check, you know, I was buying small batches. Um, it was, I wanted to use GOT certified organic cotton um, from the beginning. But I'm sorry, know, what, in order- what is that? So it's basically a global certification. Um, that uh for fabric and um, and also they they um it's produced with fair wages um but look the other thing actually which is an interesting thing and I, and I, and like even say when it comes to say some of the ingredients for the bags and that um i would always try and use organic um and most of my ingredients would be um they'd all be natural or organic but the thing about it is, like, in some of these places where it's produced, to actually get that certification, it's just money. And sometimes it comes from the same place. It's just some of these producers, they have the money to get the certification. So sometimes it means you just have to actually go to your supplier and just ask them, do you know. Um, but it's just, you know, you do your best, do you know, with, with sourcing. But it's, it is probably one of the hardest things. And it's research, research, research. <laughs> I can only imagine. And like, I'm going to ask what is going to sound like a terribly stupid question, but I think we're very familiar with Irish honey and that we produce honey. So Mm. is it then because we have a certain amount of that, like not a massive industry, does that make it easier to get wax or like what kind of steps do you need to go through then to get to collect the beeswax then? Okay, so... Um, with with regards to beeswax, so the way it generally works in like Ireland again, it's a small population, right? 
Um, and originally I thought I just wanted all Irish Beesacks and I thought this would be no problem. And I had a little bit of my own Beesacks and I got, I have some, um, I guess, from suppliers. But to filter or clean Beesacks, it's a long process, you know. And it's, to be honest, it's it's quite messy. Do you know I mean? It's fine if you're just doing, say, something like dipped candles with that. Um, but um, the other thing is that most beekeepers in Ireland, they do a kind of an exchange system. So they what they would do is they might cl- clean their beeswax to a particular level. And what they would do is they'll exchange it with the likes of, say, like Donegal Bees, for example. They've been probably the biggest, um, one of the biggest suppliers of what's called foundation sheets. And um, so foundation sheets, um, I'm trying to see if I have any around. And um, basically, actually, I have a candle here, and um, but just to show you, it's it's kind of got this sort of uh, honeycomb texture. Comes flat. Generally, they come and they have a um, it's wired foundation, and that goes into the beehive, and it just makes it easier to build the honeycomb off the bush for the beekeepers. So most beekeepers in Ireland, what they would they're more uh, they would be more interested in the honey production, mm-hmm. the beeswax byproduct, and. For them to go and clean and produce other parts, it's just, it's not really, a lot of them may not be interested in that. And so they would send it to Donegal beekeepers and then Donegal beekeepers have the facility to clean beeswax. But the thing is that they, for the actual um, demand, the amount of bees, they may not have enough, they may not be able to supply enough per year. So they will have no other option but to import in and um, maybe beeswax from the UK or Europe. <laughs> and anyway, that's probably a long-winded way of, of explaining no. it. We'll yeah, but no, but, but it is kind of fascinating because I think like we're kind of, we, we have an idea of where honey comes from, but I'm not sure we yeah. think about where, when we go out into the shops or markets where the, the, the actual wax comes from. So like I suppose, yeah, yeah the, the fact that we are an island nation, as you say, an island off an island, it does make things a bit more challenging is it getting easier? And in in what way, like you know, in I'm just in, wondering because, like, maybe when you started doing uh, running your own business, it was kind of a little bit unusual. Whereas now, maybe I'd like to think more of us have gotten on board and we're more aware of the fact that we should be more sustainable. And maybe there's more companies doing um working in a similar way that. Maybe that makes the whole flow of supplies and stuff a little bit easier to access. You'd like to think that maybe, you know, we're in an innovative population and we might start we making more of our own. Yes, I do think that in general, Narian, people are very, um, uh, they are environmentally conscious. Um, and I genuinely think that most people, they want to, um, they want to be sustainable. They want to be conscious consumers. I think when it comes to business, and um, they do want to make change. Sometimes for the bigger, maybe corporations, it's very difficult. And um, but even like I see a lot of them that internally they have, um, like somebody just working on you know sustainability, and they might do talks and workshops, um, internally. But definitely, yeah, I think we have the makings of 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 making some change. I mean, even if you think of, um, I don't know how far back it was, but like I think Ireland was the first country to uh, ban plastic bags, you mm. know, and that was the nineties or something. And um, but I mean, at the time, that was um, very innovative, you know. And um, I personally would like to see more. Um, I think we could do. I think in terms of you know renewable energy, I think 
we are seeing great things around now with the introduction of electric uh, vehicles and um you know transport things like that so it's it's improving it, it is it is improving we've a long way to go but because we're a small population i think we can make we can make an impact you know um so yeah and then like you and i are of a generation that growing up the mm-hmm. assumption growing up in the midlands would have been that you moved elsewhere to have an income, to have a life, you know, that, you know, you had to go to Dublin or to Galway, you you had to leave to to be able to to function in life. Given what we've all been through, and I hate bringing the thing into it, but more and more people seem to be like really investing in the Midlands and seeing the opportunities in the Midlands. What's it been like for yourself running a business in Offaly? Like, are are you... Pleasantly surprised, might I suggest? No, I mean, I have no intention of moving here, moving anyways. And I love living here. I'm from Offaly. I grew up in Offaly. Um, my kids are, I live in the countryside and um, just outside of Tullamore. My kids are in a lovely country school. Um, and my my business is literally behind my house. <laughs> so, and my kids are picked up um, outside the house and the bus. They go to school. I walk two minutes to work with my takeaway cafe um, and I love it I love it like the courier come deliver comes and delivers my materials and on post does my collections it's just fantastic it really is and once you have um you know wi-fi and now I would say you know better wi-fi you know it is coming but I, I think that would just make it so much easier um but um I think it's great and the Midland is centrally located. I mean, I've done shows like I do Gifted and I've done other shows like all around Ireland. But like, I mean, you're talking an hour and a half roughly to every single place. And I mean, even when I was doing Gifted this year um, or last year, I was able to commute up and down. Do you know, and I was exhausted at the end of it, but it's doable, you know. So I think that's one of the benefits of the Midlands. And as far as, okay, Wi-Fi is obviously a major issue um, yeah. for the Midlands and and quite frankly, I think we're all fed up talking about it. Like you think at this point that we'd have it all sorted, but look, we are where we are. Um, mm-hmm. What about supports then in terms of a networking opportunities here in the Midlands? What's what's that kind of scene like? So um, I'm I'm with the local Offaly local enterprise board, and they're fantastic. And actually, this Friday, um, they're having an open day. Um, there's an act. There's another really sustainable business. You're probably familiar with them and um, the print company. They're in Five Island, just outside Tullamore. They have an open day, which is great, and they run their whole business with wind power, and they have solar panels, and they've loads of other um, this uh, sustainable. Like I think they have electric car and everything. But um, it's an open day and lunch and everything. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to that this this uh, Friday. But that's that's done with the local enterprise board. Um, I did do New Frontiers, uh, which was um, it was it was um, an entrepreneurial um, program, and they do them. They run them in every single kind of like Midland. So they did in Athlone. Um, and then there's the Acorns program as well. So I did Acorns and I was on Acorns Plus, and that's for rural business women all around Ireland. And that's, um, it's kind, of, it's a fantastic program for um women basically. And we meet once a month, and and just help each other, you know, help each other out. 
So then as we look forward to Wednesday and International Women's Day and this year's campaign is is all about equity, I suppose, given that you're relatively new in the whole running your own um, business, yeah. how have you found the experience overall? Um, it's, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, I enjoyed, it's a roller coaster, it's up and down and I'm obviously doing it with children as well, young kids. And it's not, it's not easy, but what I love about it is the freedom, the creative freedom. And because I'm, my background is in design is that I just like that I can kind of come up with ideas and implement them myself. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think I, I do have to say, I, I feel I'm on the right path. <laughs> Well, Jennifer Doyle of Milby Studios in County Offaly, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the show this evening. And we have had uh, that print company that you mentioned uh, featured on Let's Go Green. So I do recommend having heard all about their story that if you can pop into their open day on Friday that you do check them out. You're listening to Let's Go Green. I hope you are enjoying our show so far this evening. Well, we are coming to you in what has been an historic couple of days after 10 years of negotiation. UN member states have finally agreed the text on the very first international treaty aimed at protecting our oceans. The deal was reached in the early hours of uh, Sunday morning Irish time at the UN uh, headquarters in New York with the uh, president of the particular committee saying the, the, the ship has finally reached port. It's not yet been ratified by everybody. So, you know, while it is excellent news, the whole mechanism of how this all is going to work uh, will need to be teased out and it will need all member states to actually put in place in their own quarters. But President Michael D. Higgins did release a statement welcoming this announcement over the course of the weekend. And I'm going to read you some of it here. At a time when we are receiving the direst of warnings as a result of the accelerated melting of the ice caps, the news from New York that at the United Nations an agreement has been reached at the High Seas Treaty is particularly timely. President Michael D. Higgins has described this agreement as a gain for the future of humanity. He says that the agreement on a treaty to protect our oceans and the vital life both within and which depends on them is long overdue and with only 1.2% of the high seas currently protected. Imagine that. Only 1.2% of all of our seas and oceans are actually protected at present. So at the moment, he says that all those interested in the future of the planet will be grateful for those who've worked over the many years to bring us to this point. The first international agreement on ocean protection since the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea was signed in 1982. It is wonderful news and it's news that we will tease out here on Let's Go Green in the weeks and months ahead. And we will hope that this agreement will in fact be implemented and have a significant impact on the work and the efforts that are underway to mitigate against the climate crisis. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. And whether you believe or follow, I should say, the Celtic calendar or the 
meteorological calendar of met air and we are now regardless of either we're officially in spring and it is a time of year when myself included now many of us decide that we need to do a spring clean and get to grips with you know the the house or our home and um, spruce it up a little bit but if you're trying to do the spring clean in an environmentally sound way um, or at least attempt to do it in a nice environmentally friendly way it's a little bit of a minefield. So I've asked Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the Refill Mill in Mullingar to join us this evening to tease this out. And Evelyn, you're very welcome back to the show, first off. Well, thank you very much for having me back, Ashley. Thank you. Now, Evelyn, this is something now, first things first, I want to ask you about vinegar. Because okay. I have, um, I have a thing about I love interior design, and I and I watch YouTubers, and I, you know, and because I'm doing the show, I try to keep up with different accounts and Instagram and see what they're doing, and all of these yeah. um, tips with cleaning the house in a more environmentally friendly way. Say we use vinegar, and it's like you dilute vinegar into water. You might put a bit of lemon into it, but like first things first, and this is going to sound like a blatantly obvious question to start off the conversation with Evelyn, but. What vinegar? Like I mean, like there's there's balsamic vinegar, there's apple cider vinegar, there's rice wine vinegar, like there's malt vinegar that I put on my chips. Like, what do you use <laughs> when it comes to cleaning the house? Well, do you know what? I'm delighted you're asking me that because I get that question all the time. Um, it's white vinegar. White vinegar is the best one to use, and you can get specific cleaning vinegars that are stronger. Um, so anything over 8% is a very strong vinegar to be cleaning and you wouldn't want to put that in your chips, that's for sure. Um, but any white vinegar really will do the job. Okay, okay. So if we want to try this out, it's white yep. vinegar that we're looking for in the shop. Yep. Do we though have to be careful with white vinegar and what we use it on or or in how we use it? Yeah, so I am one of those people that I usually use a citrus vinegar. I put in lemon peels or orange peels and then I dilute the vinegar half and half with water. Um, so I do dilute it down. There's no need to go with a very strong vinegar um, on counters, but I always do a spot test. I just, I think I think that's the, the, the easiest way out of it. Now, I use it for cleaning my floors and my countertops, so it's fine on on tiles and, and wood and things like that, but I just... I'm always cautious um, on porous kind of um, materials. It's a little bit harder. So uh, just do a little spot test before you before you uh, use it. And I know like if you have, say, anything particularly porous, like unsealed marble, for example, yes. maybe check yes. first. Make sure that your, your, your delicates have been sealed appropriately before you try this out. Just the, yes. you know, the, the absolutely fair warning. Like spray the whole house. You can just do, do a little check and it'll be all well worth it. Okay, so like, I think we've gotten into, and I think it's probably fair to say, we've gotten into habits in this country of when we do cleaning the house, we go to the supermarket, we buy a plastic bottle of something. Um, yeah. We don't know what's in it, let's be honest. We have the notion, yeah. but but we know it smells strong, so therefore it must work, is kind of, yeah. you know. Um, and there will be people listening who think, well, do you know what? If it doesn't have a particular brand name on it, I don't trust that my counters are safe for food, yeah. are clean enough for food and all of that. So, you know, um, can we can we get through that first? Because I think there'll be some people with their eyes rolling tonight going, no, unless it comes out of a supermarket, I'm not interested. 
Yeah, and that's fair enough. That we have been marketed to for years and years that they, that we need a certain cleaner for every single surface in our house. Um, and I would love to tell your listeners that that's not true. We don't. Instead of having under the sink being full of bottles, maybe two to three bottles would be more than enough. Um, and um, it doesn't have to have the brand names whatsoever. The basics, vinegar, baking soda and citric acid are the main things you can use for cleaning your home and it'll be sparkling. Um, there is a thing with the smells. It's another thing you, we think that um, unless it smells very fresh, it isn't clean. But actually natural cleaners generally don't smell that strong because they don't use fragrance in them. Um, so if it does smell quite strong or if you're kind of getting that feeling in the back of your, you know the back of your throat if, you, if you're spraying something and you're, you inhale it, you can feel you know, it feels dodgy enough. Well, you yeah. have to do something wrong then. Okay. Um, yeah, so our cleaners are not supposed to make us feel that way. Um, so the cleaners that I'm talking about, you can use without having um, heavy duty masks and gloves and everything on. So when you say citrus, are you thinking like just the rind of a lemon or is it a specific thing that you have to buy? Uh, the rind of lemon goes a long way, but I think um, citric acid is another thing altogether. It's always from citrus fruits, but it is a brilliant cleaner specifically for um, lime, lime scale. So anyone that has hard water and has a problem with that, uh, the lime scale in their toilets or in their sinks or anything like that, citric acid will be your new best friend. Just sprinkling it onto that and it'll come straight off. It's a brilliant, brilliant natural ingredient to clean with. Okay, so white vinegar, citric acid, uh, a carbonation soda. Was that the third? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so these are the it. three and we can DIY our own cleaning supplies based on yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. So then where do we start? Well, start simple. I always say start with the little things. So not everybody is going to just clear out underneath the sink and, and, and start. They'll clean the whole house from top to bottom. But I think just even if you have clean your counters with a bit of vinegar spray or or swap out the, the bleach in the toilet with some citric acid. Um, those little things will add up a long way. You know, it, it's taken away two of the bottles from underneath the sink. Um, people often think when you're going eco-friendly, you have to do it all at once, but it really isn't that. It's a little and often. Um, so trying to switch out, even, even if you're not ready to start making your own cleaners, when you're in the shops, and you're looking at the bottles of what you're going to buy. If you turn it around and look, and if it says harmful to aquatic life with long lasting effects, then that product is not an eco product and it's not good for you to be using. It's not good for the environment, but it's not good for us to be using it in our homes as well. So give me that phrase again. If it says, it says harmful to aquatic life with long lasting effects. And that is on, when you notice this, it's on so many of the products that we use from washing our floors to washing our, our sinks, to our clothes. It's in a lot of things. So even making that one switch to move away from products that say that um, is is a good swap, I think. Okay, okay. And like, I think many of us, myself included, like that cupboard under the sink, it's usually the corner cupboard in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, you think you need something extra. And then if you actually do do a spring clean and, and upend the cupboard, you have five or six versions of different things. So even like you say, if you got your citric acid and got rid of the bleach for the toilet, like over time, you can make this switch. It's not about binning everything and starting afresh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, binning everything isn't the right way to go. Um, it's making changes that you can actually keep up 
And I think that once you see how good the natural cleaner, cleaners are, um, you won't want to go back to the chemical ones. So it's giving it a chance because it is that notion of um, the, the, the smell, the the really har- harsh chemicals th- that need to make it, things clean. But it, it's really not that way. And I suppose sometimes you just have to see it to believe it. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a series that is available on the RT player that I play for my students in Valley Farmer College um, all the time, uh, just yeah. to make them aware of how we were marketed to. But there's yeah. one in it, I think it's in series one. There's two series of it. And I'm, I'm, I stand to be correct on that, but it was, it's the way we were shopping. And it talks to us, it brings us back, and I feel old watching it because I can remember all the ads that they're talking about. But it brings us back to those ads of, you know, the, the, the things that we were, it was implied that we needed in our lives, that we needed to spend our money on, that maybe if we go back to the old ways of our grandparents, n- not only could we, you know, save the environment, but actually save a penny because these things are very expensive. And we're all getting very money conscious at the moment. So if you wanted to make up, say, I don't know, like like th- save for the toilet and we all throw a bit of bleach in the toilet every 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 now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody does things differently in their own house and no judgment. Yeah. But like, wh- how do you do it? Like you, you get the thing of citric acid and then what? Yeah. So with, with the citric acid, you can either just get a tablespoon of citric acid and sprinkle it around the bowl of your toilet and into the to the basin of your toilet and um, leave it sit for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and then come back and scrub as normal and flush the toilet and you're 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 good to go. You can mix citric acid with baking soda if you want a more powerful cleaner. Um, I I make these little things I call toilet fizzies or toilet bombs that are um, baking soda and citric acid together with a little bit of water and some essential oils, and um, that makes a really nice cleaner that will fizz up in in the toilet and it'll it'll um, really get off the lime scale and it leaves a nice fresh smell as well. So if you're still looking for the smell. Essential oils are a really nice way to, mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, it's very simple. I'm never going to look at a bath bomb in the same way again, ever. Yeah, I do want to find a bath bomb for your toilet. <laughs> and I associate them with the loo. Yeah. So then, like, um, like, the one I think we probably clean most frequently in, in our houses are is the kitchen counter. Like, you know, yeah. everyone likes a clean kitchen counter. And we obviously don't want to stain any surfaces or anything like that. So first things first, and you've already said it, Evelyn, but but we should do a little test patch in a discreet corner just to make sure. Yes. Yeah. Just to make sure whatever finishing you have can handle the vinegar. But it should be, most cases, it is fine. So then if we were to make up our own surface cleaner, say we we had an old bottle of um, surface cleaner with the spray nozzle and all of that, how yeah. would you go about making up the bottle? So you can, it's, it's as simple as, pouring, filling half the bottle with vinegar and half the bottle with water. And that's it. You can put in some essential oils if you like. um, Or if you wanted to have the the nice smell um, as well, you can leave vinegar sit in a jar for two weeks with some orange peels and then use that vinegar. Once you strain it out, you can use that vinegar for cleaning your counters. Um, Yeah, and that's a really simple one. And a lot of the time people... Are, when I say about cleaning with vinegar, people say, oh, I can't smell, mm. can't stand the smell of vinegar. I don't want my kitchen smelling like vinegar. But I regularly run um, uh, an eco-cleaning course in the shop. And um, that's one thing that I, I always say, and I always hear that. But before anybody comes in, an hour before anybody comes in, I close the shop and I clean it. And I spray my counters, 
my floors, all of the all of the surfaces, the table and everything um, with vinegar and clean it. And I always ask the same question, can anyone smell vinegar? And they always say no. And then I say, when I've just, once it, once it is um, dried, it won't smell anymore. So as you're cleaning, it will smell. And once it's dried, it won't. I have to admit, I'm nervous of it because when I bought my own home, um, the previous owner didn't leave it in the the cleanest of conditions. Let's put it politely. Yeah, and myself and my mum spent, I'd say, a good week yeah. go, going through the white vinegar quite vigorously. And my nostrils are scarred. But now yeah. we were very liberal. This was yeah. this was not like a standard like Sunday night quick wipe on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can imagine some people might be imagining that, that they've like maybe have done a big clean before with lots of white vinegar. And yeah. that's the smell they're afraid of. So you're saying a bit of essential oil in there if, if it does bother you. Some a fragrance, yeah. maybe an essential oil that you like the smell of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's just something as simple as that. And can you then, if you've made this up, so we've got um, half of our white vinegar, half of water, maybe if it were me, I'd have some eucalyptus dropped in there. Yeah. And I have that in one of those spray bottles. Do I have to worry about that get going off at any point? Or is that like, will that last as long as however that, much? That will last as long as you need it. Yeah. Okay. You don't right. have to worry. Yeah. Because I think people do... I think we do worry that we, we we buy it from a shop and we assume there's some kind of preservatives in it. So yeah. if we're going to go natural, I don't want something going mouldy in the kitchen corner, you know. No, you're safe enough. No, okay. you're safe. And vinegar is actually a great um, product to get rid of mould. So it's it's a good one to use. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you are an absolute font of information, Evelyn Fitzpatrick. Oh, thank so, you <laughs> Okay, so we've tackled the toilet. We, 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 made, we made our own toilet bombs, which I never thought I'd ever say, put those two words together. Next. We've got our um, kitchen counter cleaner put together. What else could we do? Could we make ourselves? Um, there's, well, I suppose the, the baking soda is the next one. Um. You can make a, a good oven cleaner or um, just kind of a deep cleaner for using using the baking soda. So um, I like to mix that with another. Actually, I never gave Castile soap a mention, um, which is just a natural um, vegetable oil soap. Um, What's it called again, Evelyn? Castile soap. Okay, Castile soap. Castile. Okay. So you can buy that as a bar of soap or you can buy it um, as a liquid soap. And I generally get it as liquid soap. We, we do the refills of that as well. And that's one of those fantastic cleaners that is perfectly safe to use as well. You can wash your face with it. You can wash your hair with it. You can wash your floors. You can wash your oven with it. It's really, really good. Um, and most health shops would have Castile soap. Um, it's something that they dilute down very, very well. Um, there's, there's. If you look up online, you can see Castile soap, and there'll be a there'll be a list of maybe eighteen things that you can use and how you dilute it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a handy one to have. But I would mix maybe um, a teaspoon of Castile soap and uh, and a couple of tablespoons of baking soda, and that's what I would use for for cleaning on re- or for cleaning really burnt on um, on food or or anything like that. So you can use that for cleaning your ovens. If you make a paste with it, put it over your oven and then leave it for an hour um, or overnight, depending depending on on how bad the oven is, and then just give it a wipe the next day. And that's another one that's not going to give you that horrible feeling in your chest as you're as you're spreading it onto the oven and everything so it's a it's an easy one to do because like if you're like me and you're a, a asthmatic yeah. using some of these cleaners like I know myself I avoid doing the oven because I find it triggers an asthma attack if I use 
the shop bought chemicals and then you kind of have to wonder well do you know what if it's affecting me this much do I really want to bring this stuff into my home yeah but then like how else do I clean the oven because obviously it needs to be cleaned okay so there that's a really really just that's a handy tip and you could leave it so say for instance if maybe you had some not wanting to cast any aspersions, but maybe somebody who came home late at night and decided to make themselves some oven <laughs> chips and left some bit of a mess behind. You can yeah. leave that mixture overnight if needs be. You can. Yeah, exactly. And then say you don't want to go down the DIY route. Just, you know, don't have time to think about it. And, you know, yeah. no judgment. That's fine. Absolutely fair. It's not for everybody. Can you get, like I've seen a lot of the people that I follow on TikTok and Instagram, they, they seem to be absolutely raving about these tablets that you buy and you put them in water and they, they fizz up in the bottle and, and there's your cleaner and you haven't had to buy a plastic bottle of, of anything. Like, yeah. I can. Th- there seems to be a lot of innovation in cleaning products nowadays and even the bigger brand names, like you can yeah. see plant-based cleaners now a lot. So I suppose, are there there are ways that we can figure out the good ones from the, the not so good ones. Yeah, there are. Like I said, that 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 little note of harmful to aquatic life is a is a good one. That's if you see that, then I, I would recommend you don't use that cleaner. Mm-hmm. But there is a couple of good, um, really good Irish brands that are that are plant based. Um, they're they're safe, septic tank safe, and um, they have refill options as well in a lot of health food shops as well as the refill stores themselves. Um, True Eco was a brilliant one and Lily's Eco Clean is another really good one. They're well enough known names now that, um, uh, but what they're doing is actually really, really good. Um, so they're kind of ones to look out for. Um, and those little pods that you're saying are are such a brilliant idea. I love how creative mm. um, these brands are getting with these kind of products. And it's what we need to see more of it's not only are they not using harmful chemicals, but they're also saving so much um, carbon by creating such a small product and it's so easy to trans- transport as well. So the ones that you're talking about, um, we do have them. You put them, it's just a little pod and you put it into your, you can use the ones we have. Um, there's antibacterial, there's kitchen degreaser, there's an all purpose one, there's a floor cleaner, like they're for everything. They're for absolutely everything. You just put it into a little bottle um, fill it with water and shake it and that's your cleaner then um, there's other things I don't know have you seen um, laundry strips as well these are no yeah these are so it looks like a dryer sheet but it's actually um, laundry detergent and you put it in on top of your clothes in the in the wash machine and then that will act as your laundry detergent and you don't need to add anything else in um, and they they come like I mean it's smaller than a box of tissues it's fantastic. They're they're really they're good cleaners, but they're also um, really compact and and uh, eco friendly as well. Can I ask you about um, the elephant in the room? Dishwasher tablets, and yeah. a lot of them now are not just the tablet; they're encased in plastic, and yeah. this plastic is supposedly going to disappear and not clog our pipes and not do any damage to the environment and yeah how bad are they really well they're not great <laughs> they they're not great um i i have got um some eco leaf tablets in the shop and they're the best ones that i could possibly uh, that i've come that i've come across so far 
Um, but the dishwashing tablets is one that I have I've struggled with mm. with that little film. Even though they are saying that they're they're biodegradable, it's not. It's it, you're better off not using them. Um, you can get dishwashing powders now, which are a little bit better. Do you know, like um, there's organic plant based powders that you can put into the into the dishwasher, and again, using vinegar as a rinse aid, um, is a is a really good way of getting the the shine on your glasses. Um, but I can't say 100. There's a uh, a, a fantastic alternative to the dishwashing tablets just yet because like it's like I remember when we got our first dishwasher when I was a child and um, it was like it was the one thing my father and I used to do late at night together was wash the dishes and I was very upset when the dishwasher arrived because I thought because this activity was going to be gone um, and I was right actually because I rarely saw him after that but that's beside the point no but like the dishwasher is I have to be honest like it's all at least like you know at least every second day and I, I live alone so it's not every day for me but like it's yeah. we've become so used to having one of these things you know yeah and that I don't know anybody who once you get used to having one would wi- would willingly go back to not having a dishwasher um, so I suppose it's good to see that there's, there's efforts underway to make them um, more environmentally sound when you say that you can use vinegar as a rinse aid, would that be diluted vinegar again or just straight in? Uh, I just put it straight in. Just a little bit every now and again, put it straight in. Okay, okay. Um, well, you are an absolute font of information. And of course, Evelyn will be more than ha- help- happy, I should say, to help you out at the refill mill shop in Mullingar. But now I know there's going to be people going or oh, roll her eyes. She's talking to a woman about cleaning and now she's going to mention International Women's Day. Um, <laughs> like cleaning is a gender neutral activity, folks. So Absolutely. I wanted to get Evelyn on to talk about it because I know you're really good at talking about it. It's nothing to do with your gender. But while I have you, I do know that you have an event coming up on Wednesday uh, for International Women's Day. Yes, we do. We like to hold different events and workshops in the shop and this this year to mark International Women's Day, we are hosting a women's circle with a Wilder Soul. Um, she's a trained counsellor and she's coming in to hold to, to hold this women's circle. Now, this will be my first experience of a women's circle and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, it'll be on at half six until half eight on Wednesday in the shop. Um, and you can look at my social media to, to book into that. But um, it's going to be a lovely event. It's all about kind of empowering women. There will be some guided meditation, some um, visualization practices, and then like an open space for for talking as well, um, as well as loads of refreshments and things. We always serve some refreshments and some tea. Um, so the idea of it is you can come with a friend or you're better off to come on your own, actually, and um, to really get the full benefit where you could be completely open with other women and um, it's going to be a fantastic experience. I'm really looking forward to that one. Well, happy International Women's Day to you in advance. And I hope your first experience of a, a women's circle is a positive one. But for now, Evelyn, of the Refill Mill in Mullingar, thank you very much for your time this evening. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands103.com. And I'm afraid... 
that's all we have time for on this week's show if you are celebrating International Women's Day I hope you have a fabulous day on Wednesday I myself am organising or assisting in the organising I should say of a live streaming event which I'm quite excited about more on that at another time and of course there will be a large demonstration in Dublin at the Spire on Wednesday evening and that's a demonstration against violence, domestic violence and violence against women. Please do get in contact with me if you have something that you'd like me to discuss on the show. You can do so on midlands103.com. Look up the on-air team and there is a button beside my name, Ashling O'Rourke, and that'll send me an email directly. And of course, don't forget, if you've missed any of our shows, you can listen back on your preferred podcast app. Let's Go Green with Ashling O'Rourke is available on Spotify, Apple and indeed Google Podcasts. Have a great week. Happy International Women's Day and I'll chat to you again same time next week here on Midlands 103.